0: out. Are you tired of revelations yet? Or are you okay? Uh, so basically we'll end tonight and uh, there'll be six chapters left. We'll hit three next week and three the following week. A bunch of that is about heaven. That's the, uh, the good side about it and the, the joyous side about it. We're in the, the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Remember I'm coming from a pre-tribulation period um, Rapture, and I know there's different uh, belief systems on that. I'm not fighting with anybody on it. I see it this way, and uh, uh, we're we're at Revelations 14, and we've already dealt with 1 through 5 when we were dealing with 144,000, and so we're going to pick up on uh, uh, verse 6 after that. And if you remember now, just kind of kind of in your mind kind of put it all together, we're at mid-tribulation. Remember, there's a seven-year period of time, and I've shown different times there was a time frame. It's going to be exactly this many days, exactly 42 months. I mean, uh, the Bible talks about uh, just saying that he comes as a thief in the night. No man knows when, when that's going to happen. Okay, that's the appearing of Christ. That's not the second, re, uh, second coming of Christ. Jesus, Jesus came once. There is a second coming. On the second coming, he puts his feet on the ground. At the rapture, he doesn't. We meet him in the air. So a lot of people, especially people that have a, uh, uh, a full tribulation eschatology, we're going to go through the whole thing because they will say, you know, well, here's where he returns. This is when it's going to happen. They just don't understand the difference between the return of Christ and the, uh, the appearing of Christ. So at mid-tribulation, uh, remember there's seven raptures in the Bible. Uh, Who can give me number one? Enoch. Okay, who can give me number two? Elijah, Elijah, thank you. Who can give me number three? Jesus, raised from the dead. Who can give me number four? Nope. He he was raised from the dead, but didn't go up into heaven. Uh, The church, the rapture of the church. Who can give me number five? No, nope. mid-tribulation saints. Thank you. Who who can give me number six? The 144. Did somebody say 24? Uh, the 144. Maybe they said 124. The 144,000. Uh, who can give me number seven? Somebody already said it. The two witnesses. <coughs> okay, so now, in, in the thinking, of the, we've got the, the two witnesses or three and a half days before Armageddon. So you have the appearing of Christ, which no man knows when that's going to happen. But as soon as that happens, you've got a rapture of people. They're gone. Okay? Uh, I'm. This is David. This is very David. People disagree with me on this. I think. Because people aren't just going to say, oh, all that Christian stuff they said is true, and they just left. I just don't see it happening that way. Um I think that's why there's always been such a conversation about aliens. This is David. I think at the appearing of, of when the rapture of the church, takes, they got to make excuses. And it's, it's got to be something that's kind of gone on. And that's David. It's not Bible. God didn't tell me that. That's just David thinking. So don't go run off too much with that thought. But, but I, I think that there's going to be a, a, a positioning of the world when that happens because something just happened and messed up our system. Okay, so that's where I come from on that. Now, from that rapture, how long will it be before Armageddon? Seven years. Okay, it's at the end of the tribulation, which we'll deal with tonight. By mid-tribulation, we have six of the seven raptures. The only one that's missing now is the two two prophets, the two witnesses. Okay, so at mid-tribulation, a lot of stuff is happening because if you remember at the, at the beginning of the seven year, the, the, the Antichrist has made a treaty with Jerusalem. And then we read uh, last week, a week, well it wasn't last week, I wasn't here last week, so probably the week before, that at mid-tribulation, he Violates the treaty and moves into, remember the Gentiles will trample Jerusalem and the temple area and stuff like that. So he violates it, he moves there. Now we've got a big element. There's this 200 million man army that's coming against him, opposing him, who's going to end up joining him in the battle of Armageddon. We'll see that more tonight. And then, uh, so at this mid-tribulation area, we have the the mid-tribulation saints, we have the 144,000 plus who? Who's part of the 144,000? All the ones that they converted, because they're they're ministering the gospel, so they go up. Okay, so now what do you have left? You basically have left on earth, there's people still on earth, and they're all the people who at this point do not believe. Okay, so does, does God stop at this point? No. So if God does not stop at this point, and we're going to see this in, in tonight, if God does not stop at this point, then there is still ministry going on. OK, so there, there is one doctrine that talks about that, you know, that he that resists you know, he that let will let until he's removed out of the way is that the spirit of God is taken out of the earth. That can't be for a couple of reasons. One reason is the spirit of God is omnipresent. That means it's everywhere at the same time. OK, uh, the devil is not omnipresent. Do you understand that? A demon's got to mess with you. They got to be there messing with you. And, and here's the good news. If they're messing with you, they ain't messing with me. Because they're not omnipresent. They can't do, you know, the spirit of God can. The devil cannot. <clears throat> so, what was I saying before that? Got myself messed up. Now, actually, I still got Ralph pictured in my mind. And, uh... Okay, so we got everybody going up. So, oh, the the reason for the the end time, you know, that the Spirit of God is removed. Uh, so the one reason is the Spirit of God is omnipresent, so you can't remove the Spirit of God from someplace. Two, people are still getting born again, and we're going to see that. So so if the Spirit of God was taken out, people can not get born again. So there, there's ministry going on. So, uh, and in God in His love, one of the things we're going to look at, because on the elements that we're in right now on Revelations, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on that's bad. But it's foretold, and God's love is there, and he's making ways of escape if people will take it. The interesting thing about me is the number of people that will not receive God no matter what. They're going to fight him all the way. Now, you can look at everything that we talked about in Revelations and start wondering, oh, man, this is horrible. Like, Did, did I mention in any of these, like, you don't want to miss the rapture? Okay. Um, I thought I did. And so uh, why would anybody, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know. Why would we be in that position? Wondering if we're, if we could even live a life that's rapture ready. Anybody? There's a lot of people like that. They don't know if they're ready for the rapture. They don't know if they could be ready. They don't know if, you know, why? It's actually a very simple reason. Okay, I heard about four answers at the same time after. Nobody said anything. Okay, one of you. Ignorance. Ignorance, okay. Deception. Okay, they don't believe in the power of Christ, things they establish. What? Pride, okay. All these things probably factor into it, but we love this life. Why would anybody want to miss this or want to miss what God has? Because they love this more. It's actually very simple. Oh, no, I, I don't love this life. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I want to get out of here as fast as I can. No, you don't. Because what God's promised us is so great, you do everything you could to get inside of it. And we're not, you know, painting with a broad brush. We're not. So the thing that holds us from God is our love for this. Either this world, what it has. The Bible talks about the pride of life, the, the love of other things. What are those three things? I'm slipping it right now. Um, less of the flesh, less of the eyes, and the pride of life. That all deals with me in this situation, this world, and liking something in it. Okay, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> Revelations chapter 14. So we're starting at verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth. Now, who at this point in the scripture, who dwells on the earth? I just told you, everybody who did not make any of those raptures, what you have left <clears throat> with the mid-tribulation, the, 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 the beast is manifesting. He violates his treaty with Israel. He, he takes over Jerusalem. You've got the prophet that's manifesting. You've got the mark of the beast that's, that's starting to come forth. you got got the, all these different things that are going on. Everybody that's left are people who have rejected everything so far. Because we've had, you know, the, the, the righteous were, were raptured out of Revelation chapter 4, the mid-tribulation saints out of Revelation chapter 7. We had the 144,000, all their uh, people. Were, we, we've got all the people out of the earth now, whether they were ready walking with God or after they saw the rapture of church, got themselves ready and started walking with God. All right. So now what preachers are on the earth? None. Everybody left is everybody that rejected Christ. So so technically, we have no believers on earth. But, but, But God has not given up on those people yet. So now John says, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. So now you have angels preaching. And they're declaring the word of God. So you can still get saved at this point. But now there's people going to reject the angels also. So stop and think. I don't know the answer to this, but stop and think. And how are they preaching? Did they start a church and there's an angel standing at the pulpit preaching? Is it? I don't know. But I, I know in the Muslim world, there's a there's like this commotion going on that they keep seeing, you know, a man in white. So is it a, uh, and they're getting born again, uh, in fact, the, the garrisons. Uh, I brought it up after they're telling the story about the man who was Muslim and he's just, you know, he beat his wife. He's, I think, an alcoholic or something like that. Had all these problems. He, he wanted to change. He couldn't change. He's on his way to Mecca to make his pilgrimage, and he's talking to God. God, if if you're really there, show yourself. And he has this vision of the man of white. Remember the guy? He put his hand on his chest, and it turned all of his. He's Arabic or some of some Arabic nation. So dark hair, black hair, uh, and it turned white. A man, he converts, sees Jesus, calls his wife, uh, kids, their whole family converts, and he starts preaching the gospel. Okay, well, that that was an angel or something preaching the gospel. So how is this going to happen? Not really sure, but angels are preaching the gospel uh, to them that dwell on earth, to every nation, to every kindred, to every tongue and people, saying with a loud voice. Now, here's the gospel that they're going to preach. Fear God. Give glory to him. Now, has the gospel changed? No. It's what you and I should do. For the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him that made heaven and earth. Isn't that interesting? Do you think that this school teaching is just science of uh, the Big Bang theory? No, it's an antichrist spirit. Because even in these last days... And, you know, I mean, the last of the last days, you know, we're in the last three and a half years of the, you know, the earth as we know it. Uh, Worship him that made the heaven and the earth. Worship the creator. And the sea and the fountains of the waters, you know, he created all of it. And there followed another angel. So you got this this angel going out preaching, probably not just one, probably multiple angels. And there followed another angel saying Babylon is fallen, is fallen. The great city. Now, Babylon has been gone a long time. Babylon is uh, in the current country, you know, the old Babylon of Nebuchadnezzar's day is where what we call Iraq today. In fact, I heard, I I never verified it, but I heard that Saddam Hussein, when he was alive and president of Iraq, even said that he was like the incarnate of Nebuchadnezzar and uh, had tied himself back to that great Babylon and everything, but, but it, the angel says, we're at the end times now, Babylon has fallen, has fallen the great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of her wrath and of her fornication, so uh, Babylon has been gone a long time, and both Isaiah in chapter 13 and Jeremiah in chapter 50 puts into very clear, it's not coming back, so they're not talking about the city of Babylon back in Nebuchadnezzar's day. OK, but but what is it The uh, at that time, it's the system of government that that is on a, you know, not on the God side, but doing things to control people. It's the world system of government, commerce and religion, uh, attempting to exercise influence and control over everything. Now, this is where like Dr. Barkley was talking about A.I. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we use A.I. In that that is beneficial, and stuff like that. But if you look at the powers to be and, and everything that's going on, they don't want you and I to think. Now, I, I, I like stock market stuff and financial stuff. It's amazing the number of things that has come up. There's a lot of stock analysis, you know, evaluating charts, looking at P&E ratios, doing, you know, do, just doing a whole bunch of stuff, you know, fundamentals and technical analysis on stocks. But now everything has shifted to just let AI tell you what to do. It can anticipate, and it can, but but the whole system is to get you and I not to think, you and I not to stand up. You look at the 2020 shutdown and everything that went on, don't think, just do what we say. You go all the way back to when Obamacare was, uh, in fact, was it Nancy Pelosi that says, we have to pass it, and then we'll read it. We, we, we don't need to know what's going on, just, just trust us, everything is... Okay, and all this move in AI is to get you and I to just abandon everything and let somebody take care of us. It all falls into, if you study it out, it all falls into the Antichrist spirit. So um, uh, it's, it's a system of government, but it's going to fall. It's going to collapse. The, the beast is not, he has an assignment, but he's not successful in his assignment. Everything he does, it never gets to the fullness of what he does. This is another reason why I, this is a Davidism, I don't believe that we will achieve a one-world government like that they talk about. There's just too many factors within it for it to actually, now, are they going to try? Absolutely. I think they're absolutely trying. Uh, A one-world government, uh, a one-world monetary system, are they trying? I think they're absolutely trying. I don't think they'll succeed on that. Uh, The digitalization of our currency, yeah, they might do that. But, but I still think it will be, you'll have the U.S. dollar, you'll have the Japanese yen, you'll have the Australian dollar, you know, you'll have different currencies. I don't think they will achieve the uh, one world uh, monetary system. There's just too many. Th- this whole thing, you know, it's kind of like the old thing that we've all heard on crime, follow the money. Uh, money is a powerful thing. And uh, and I don't think that the people that have powers over certain currencies are going to give up their power and let somebody else have the power. I think there's there's too many human dynamics. That's kind of where I come from. Could be wrong. That's just David. Verse nine. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice. So we have another angel now. If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehand or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine uh, of the wrath of God, which is poured out. Uh, without mixture into the or or like uh, do you got like amplified Uh, on verse 10 is poured out without mixture. Does it say like poured out in full strength or something like that? Undiluted. Undiluted? Okay, it's we're hitting full force now is what it's saying into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So here we see uh, that there's still a choice, but once you receive the mark of the beast, you've sealed your name. You've established where you're going at that point. So now we have to stop. Not everybody is going to do it because there's still ministry going on and people being saved. So, so it's like, oh man, everybody. You know, in order to buy and sell, everybody's going to have to get the mark of the beast, and everybody's going to be. Do- no, you still have a choice. Now, you you buck the system; it's not going to be easy. But you still have a choice, and there will be people who don't do this. And the smoke of the of their torment as ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest night and day. Now, I want you know, people will talk about hell and fire and brimstone, and that's all horrible stuff. Uh, uh, the worm that dieth not, all these horrible things. But just take on this one thing no rest day or night. Have you ever had, um, not incognito, um, what, what was that? Insomnia. insomnia. You ever had insomnia for like a period of time and you can't relax or rest? That statement of feeling or that, that element of feeling that you're in that you just, you just, you feel like you've got to do something to relax, to rest, and you just can't do it? Can you? Imagine that state forever and ever. No rest day or night. Who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So one of the torments is you will never have rest. You will be in that state. I'm sure it would even be worse than what we feel on insomnia. I remember one time uh, I went 63 hours without sleep and it wasn't intentional. I can't sleep on planes. And uh, I got up, uh, we'd spent the night in uh, around... Uh, Valencia, got up early, drove to LAX from there, got on a plane, flew to Thailand, uh, landed in Bangkok uh, like at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. The flight to Chiang Mai was like at five o'clock the next morning. We stayed up all night. We got to Chiang Mai. Uh, We were supposed to have that day off, but things got shifted. And uh, they took us to dinner, took us around the city. Then somebody called and wanted us to go up to this mountain village. Then we, uh, so we drove, it was like two or three hours to this place. And then we got in the back of four-wheel drives and went into a very remote area of uh, Thailand, which was uh, uh, 23 kilometers. Sergey, how far is that in miles or something? 23 kilometers. How many? 15? So we went about 15 miles in a four-wheel drive on a dirt road. We were in the back of a um, uh, pickup truck, and I literally, I was fighting, thinking, if I just jumped out of the truck right now, I could lay down and go to sleep. And I had to keep, I mean, I was like delusional, you know, in these thoughts, and having a hard time keeping my head on straight. We finally got to the place that was in the middle of the night, and they said, okay, you can go to sleep now. I couldn't sleep, just so wound, you know. You would think you'd lay your head on the pillow and you'd be gone for like the next 12 hours, couldn't sleep. I mean, you're just in that state of horribleness. And he says it's going to that's one of the elements of hell that's going to be so bad. And it never ends. Well, when it never ends, how long does it go? But really, how long is forever? Did I ever mention you? You you don't want to miss the rapture. All right. Verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus, referring to those that are that are not in this place or in heaven. And I heard a voice from heaven, verse 13, saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. So number one, we do we have works that follow us? Well, I mean personally. If I die right now, is there anything that I've laid that will continue working and doing ministry with me not being here? Legacy, okay. Churches we've started around the world. So you got to look at your life. What are you doing that will live longer than you? Now, uh, the guy that owns the building here, Johnny, you know, I like him a lot. He, he thinks about this not from a Christian perspective. He's got a, a World War II memorial being redone out on Mooney Boulevard. He knows it will last longer than him. Right? That's a nice thought. Doesn't really change a life or anything, but he's leaving things that will live longer than him. What are you doing spiritually that will keep going once you are gone? And uh, but blessed are they that uh, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. So we're coming to a time here. Where, you know, you're blessed if you die. But have works that keep working. Verse 14. All right. And I looked and behold a white cloud. And upon the cloud one sat like unto the son of man. Having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. Now, a a sickle is an instrument of what? harvest okay so there's a harvest that's about to take place now remember where we're at in the time frame we're in the three and a half years we are after all the, the resurrections that, uh, you know the uh, resurrections that took place and another angel came out of the temple that's the temple of you know God in heaven crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud thrust in thy sickle and reap for this time has come for thee to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Okay, so there's a harvest that's taking place here. Verse 16, and he that sat on the cloud, thrust in a sickle on earth, and the earth was reaped. Okay, so now, okay, we, you know, it's easy to think that we're tying back to something, but let's see what else is coming and tie it all together and, and remember where we're at. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire and cried with a loud voice or cried with with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle. It's another harvest saying, thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into a great wine press of the wrath of God. So now this harvest, now we, we just had a harvest that was of angels. And now we have a harvest, uh, not, not a harvest of angels. The angels were harvesting a group of people that were set apart to God. And now we have a harvest that, uh, that are, are harvested for the wrath of God. So so if you think we're down here down at the end of the, the three and a half year period, and remember angels are ministering. So you got born-again people now that are ready for God. But but now stop and think when we get to Armageddon, which is a little bit still in front of us, which is at the you know, the the, the witnesses, the two prophets die, lay in the street for three and a half days, are resurrected, and then you've got Armageddon coming together. Now, after Armageddon, we're going to move into what's called the millennial reign of Christ. You have to have people for that. So, so this, this harvest of people born again are not going to be resurrected up into heaven because you have to have people on the earth that's going to move into this next phase. So are, are, you, are you tracking with me? Okay, so <clears throat> verse 19, And the angel thrust in a sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth, cast it into the w- great winepress, of the wrath of God. Now remember the phrase, the great wine press of the wrath of God. We're going to hit on that in just a minute. And the wine press was trodden without the city. Now, a wine press, you put grapes like in a wine press, and then they they trodden them, they step on them, they smash them out to make the wine. Okay, but but here it's not talking about grapes as in the fruit, or wine as in the liquid. It's talking about people, and and what's going on. The wine press was trodden without. The city and the blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse's bridle, a space of 1,600 furlongs. Now, theologians, people that research these kind of weird phrases, they say that's somewhere between like 184 and 187 square miles in there. So, big place, okay? And the blood comes up to the the horse's bridle. Now, about how many feet is that? Three feet? Four feet? Four four and a half feet. So, you've got 180-something miles four and a half feet deep of blood. Okay, so now let's look at this and let's go to uh, Acts, not Acts, let's go to chapter 19. Chapter 19, verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven, now who's the army in heaven? Huh? Okay, let's read. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Who's, what? The redeemed, the the chapter four saints. That's who's coming back with Jesus at the battle of Armageddon. Okay, now remember Jesus in Matthew chapter 24 said that, uh, talking about the end times, is that it would be as the days of Noah. What happened with Noah? You had the wrath of God released on the earth. You had an ark that raised with the water. It was on the water. And then it descended back to the earth after the water. You have the rapture of the church that's in heaven during the tribulation, the wrath of God, and then comes back to the earth. And here we see coming back to the earth out of his mouth. uh, Wait a minute, what verse am I on? 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him, ...upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his, that would be Jesus, his mouth goes a sharp, to it, uh, go, go a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And his vesture he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. So this is hap- this happens. This wine press element it happens in the Valley of Megiddo, in what we call the Battle of Armageddon. Jesus standing on the the Mount of Olives with his army, the redeemed. Revelations chapter four. How how did the Revelations chapter four get where they were? They were raptured because why? They were ready. They had robes of righteousness without spot or wrinkles. That means they got over their anger issues. They got over their addictions. They got out of sin. They were qualified. Because see, there was a whole other group in Revelation chapter 7 that had to wash their robes of righteousness. Now, they, they, they knew Jesus. They had robes of righteousness, but they were not in that rapture. So they cleaned them, and they took went up mid tribulation. So the ones that came back with him here, that's like his army. Did they ever say you don't want to miss the rapture? Because it means that. Because we have all these Christians that, well, because of grace, we're all going to heaven. We're all going to the rapture church. Can't wait for Jesus to come come back. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'll just go live the way I want to live. It doesn't really matter because of grace. God just loves me, and everything's going to be okay. But when you get to the Bible, you can't support that doctrine. Go ahead. Uh, You got a microphone? Uh, Karina. Back in the sound booth. Like we don't know where she's at.
1: (laughs) So... So what about the ones after that we just read right now in Revelation 14? Um, Will they not have robes or will they also wash robes? Or what do you think?
0: Well, there's a very big distinction on us pre-rapture, on all all peoples of the earth. Okay, we see different classifications and we see different rewards. And so if you remember the Revelation 7, if you go back there, they served in the temple day and night before the throne of God. Okay, well that's different from the people that are reigning, and coming back with Jesus for war. And when we get to the trib, or not the trib, when we get to the millennial reign of Christ, there are those of the Revelations chapter four who reign on earth. So everybody in every classification, there's a different. Um, lack of a better term, rank and order of where they fit into the eternity of God. Now, then we come back to, this is where I said, I've, I think I said it in the series, if not, I've said it before, is a lot of people get this idea. We go to heaven and it's just eternally we're in heaven, laying on green grass by lions that don't bite us, you know, or something like that. But God's a, God's a God of purpose. And when, as we see that there's different classifications of the people where we fall in, uh, you don't want to miss the rapture. But there's different classifications of these people. And what we do, there must be something God has planned after this part's all over that lasts for eternity. Go ahead.
1: Because Emmanuel asked earlier, he's in the back now, but about free will in heaven. Um, Obviously, we're not going to be robots either, but how would that look like?
0: Well, I think it would look like what God wants it to look like here. Like pre- let, let me think of some scriptures here that might clarify it. You have been bought with a price. Your life is not your own. So now we let's factor in free will. Where does free will come in to you have been bought with a price. Your life is not your own. There's no free will. Now, we take that as a negative statement. Well, what am I? You used the word robot. What am I supposed to be a robot? No, God doesn't want robots. God has so much more than what we could ever produce on ourselves. We should look at it and want it. And I would think that people that are in heaven, uh, two categories, ones that got in by the skin of their teeth are just thankful they're not eternally in hell and are cool with whatever's going on. And then those that that gave their lives here, and I don't mean gave their life in the sense that they died for, like physically died, but they, they gave their life in service to God, making God first understood the benefits and blessings of walking with God, and they're just joyous for being in that blessings of God. Uh, come over here, Nick, uh, the list.
1: Pastor, could it be that there's not going to be sin because the Bible says because of the lust of the flesh, so we're not really going to have this flesh anymore. We won't have that lust, but also the tempter, which is the devil, is not going to be
0: there either. Yeah, interesting thing about the the devil, because when you get into the millennial reign of Christ, we start talking about that he's bound for a thousand years. There's no evil present, you know, trying to move us and stuff like that. When he's released in a very short season, he pulls together an army of people that want to follow him. Now, does that tie back into the lust of the flesh? I would think so. It would, because those are one of the three things that we battle with now. But now if we move it back over into heaven, uh, the redeemed, the Revelation chapter four, they died to self back here on Earth. So I don't think that's going to be an issue for them. Uh, the, uh, could there be another insurrection like, say, Lucifer rising up and a third of the angels? I don't know. It happened once. Could it happen again? I don't see. I mean, I don't see any evidence of it in the Bible, but could it? How did those angels get in heaven? Well, God created them. OK. But why? I mean, was he just sitting around saying, make another angel, make another angel? I mean, without purpose. So there's, there's things that we don't know. And could that ever happen? It's things I've thought about myself because I know David and it's like, man, I'd sure hate to make it all the way into the rapture, get into heaven and then mess things up and get kicked out. Uh, you know, just thinking about yourself and, you know, how you respond to things. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but I would think that especially the Revelation chapter 4 saints who died to, to self in this to be ready for a Savior, they've already worked it out. They, they want this and want to be in. It's like the beginning statement. Why would we ever even think that, man, I don't even know if I could do it. Well, that just boils down to, I love something here more than I love him. Because once I love him, I'm going to do things that align with him. Does that make sense? And you're going to have to like, because I didn't think about saying, well, this is David. This is Bible, because a lot of that was David, and how I like rationalize it. Any other questions? Okay, Arlie. He's got a mic.
1: Does the scriptures uh, spell out what happens when Satan's released for just a short time? Yeah, we'll get to that. Like there are several thousands or whatever people that choose to follow him? Yeah, it doesn't give a
0: specific number, but it says a great multitude. So it's not like, and and how many people are there at that point? I don't know. I mean, a thousand years, you got to have births and stuff like that. So I'm sure it's a growing population. Uh, But but when they enter into the millennial reign of Christ, it's a lot less population than there is right now because a lot of people died during the seven year tribulation and a lot of people were taken out. And so... uh, so it starts off at a lower population. What is it at the end? I don't know. But he pulls together a great multitude. And then you have the, the, uh, uh, the battle of Gog and Magog. And we'll get to that. Uh, it's probably the second. I don't know. It might be next week. All right. So um, let's see here. Where, where did I stop at? Verse 16 of chapter 15. Nine, oh, no! Yeah, okay. We're in chapter. Okay, so we're at the end of chapter fourteen. All right, and uh, okay, and so we dealt with that the hundred uh, or the thousand uh, and six hundred furlongs, approximately hundred and eighty mid hundred and eighty square miles. Verse fifteen, the seven last plagues. So now we're we're getting these these plagues are like really bad. All the stuff that's going on, we haven't got to the end yet. uh, But now we're getting into the end. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Or uh, Marissa, can you read really loud verse 1 of chapter 15 out of the Amplified? Okay, and what were those two words? Ominous what? Ominous significance. If you, if you look at these last seven, this is like a huge deal. Okay? <clears throat> now, you, you, did I say that you want to make sure you're in the rapture? Okay. Verse 2. And I saw as it were a sea of glass. Now, we dealt with the sea of glass in Revelation chapter 4. And how there's when it talks about a sea in the Bible and it's not specific to a body of water, it's talking about a great multitude of people of glass, meaning that they're pure. And, and we saw. Uh, Hang on a second here. And, and I saw as it were a great sea, of, a, were a sea of glass mingled with fire. And then that had gotten the victory over the, the beast. Now, what is the victory over the beast? They didn't take the mark. They didn't succumb to the things. So, so again, the beast, the Antichrist, he's not successful. He's torturous. Things are bad, but he doesn't achieve what his goal is. So there were those that had gotten victory over the beast, and they were as a sea of glass mingled with fire. So uh, I guess probably David's interpretation of that would be, sea of glass, they were pure, like the Revelation 4 uh, uh, saints, but they got it through going through a great fire. They're in the last part of the tribulation. They rejected everything Christ until after mid-tribulation and everything, He had taken up. But then at the ministry of angels, they, they said, man, we got to get this thing right. And over his, they, so they had victory over the beast, over his image, meaning they didn't worship the image of the beast. There was a statue made. We talked about that last time. Over his mark, the mark of the beast to buy and sell. Over the number of his name, 666, uh, stand on a sea of glass, having harps of God. So it appears here that, that this, I saw if it, as it were a sea of glass, mingled with fire. St- now, now I'm jumping to the bottom of the verse, st- that stood on a sea of glass. So it appears, now if you remember going back to Revelation chapter 4... The saints are around the altar and there was a time of prayer. Do you remember that part? It appears now that what they were praying for, they're now a part of the success of. D- does that make sense? So, so it, it looks like the Revelation 4 saints are also <clears throat> being active in things going on and doing things during the seven-year tribulation. Follow me? And they sang the Song of Moses the servant of God, the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, God Almighty, Lord God Almighty, just and true, and, the, and are, tr- just and true are thy ways, thou King of the saints. Now, do you, have you noticed how many times there has been statements similar to this? They took the crowns off and threw them before the, the altar at Jesus. You know, they, uh, Lord God Almighty, uh, who, uh, and everything is about lifting the name of Jesus, do you notice they never said, oh, look at uh, Barney. He was so spiritual on earth. Oh, look what, what Joe did. I don't think I have a Joe in here. I'm trying to think of names. Oh, I do got a Joe in here. Sorry. Wait, actually, it's a positive statement. Uh, look at, look at, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, Ted. Is Ted in here? Okay, look at Ted. Look at all the things that Ted did. But do you know how focused us humans are? I'm, I'm, I'm holy. Look at what I did. I've got a calling of God. I have been assigned. No, we, we're all servants of Jesus Christ. Get, get over yourself. What can I do to bring glory to his name? And uh, All right, so let's go back here. Um, Who, shall not fe- Who shall not fear thee, O Lord? Glorify thy name, for thou only... Art holy. Uh, let me put my words in there, get over yourself. The only holiness you got, the only sanctification you got, the only righteousness you have is what you've been able to obtain through him. It's him. For all nations shall come and worship before thee for thy judgments are made manifest. okay uh, verse 5. And after I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials, bowls, full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke, from the glory of God, from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. So, so we're, we're hitting here a powerful. You remember in the Old Testament where it talks about the temple was filled with this Shekinah glory of God and they couldn't see, and you know, at Heberd? Okay, it's going to be kind of similar to that, except people can't go in. I mean, it, it's a powerful presence of Almighty God that is, is not going to lift until these last seven bowls are fulfilled. Chapter 16, verse 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways, pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. They've been given permission to release, and now do this. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast. So now there, there has to be a differentiation because remember there was a sickle that was getting the, the, the wicked ones, but there was a harvest that was getting the righteous ones. So now during this, there is a, a grievous sore, a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. So now if you think about the element that you're here, and you're one of the ones, because we just read, there's, there's a group of people that overcame the mark, did not worship his, his image, right? So they're standing back, and now everybody except them, everybody who took the mark, now has this horrible sore in them. Now, they've already, they've already sealed their doom by taking the mark of the beast, okay? And... Uh, uh, And so you you have this thing going on. Now, number two, the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of dead men. Now, if you go back to like the Egyptian plagues and water was turned to blood, it was more of like a liquid blood. But this is the blood of dead men. What's the blood of dead men? It's coagulated blood. Okay? And every living soul died in the sea. The sea. See, water, marine elements, they they can't survive because the water has become like coagulated blood. Kind of a cool picture, right? Did I ever mention you want to make the rapture? And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains and the waters, and they became blood. Now, that's a different statement than the verse 3, that it became as a dead man's blood. And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink. For they, for they are worthy. They're worthy of what? To drink blood. Because they've killed so many people. Now, now this is on the negative side. These are people that rejected. These are people that, you know, have rejected Christ that in these areas that say, I wanted to refresh myself with some water. If they want to refresh themselves, it will be with blood. Now, Now, think of the human dynamic that goes on this. Do you ever crave something to drink because you're thirsty? And you only have blood to drink. Now, 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 we say, ooh, I wouldn't do that. But wait a minute. Have you ever been really, really thirsty? How much did you want something to drink? Like a lot, right? Okay, but you only have blood to drink. Can you see the, the horrible predicament that you're in? Because after so long, and, and we're going to see here, that a vial is poured out that gives the sun power, so it's going to be hot. Now, how much more do you want something to drink when you're hot? But here, have a bottle of blood. See, it, you, do you see the torment? It's, it's like the torment of no rest. There's nothing I can do to resolve this matter. And and dimension. Okay, for thou art worthy. For they are worthy to have this happen to them. And I heard another out of the altar say, verse seven. Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are their judgments. So this is a true and righteous judgment. Most people would disagree with that because it's horrible. But he says you're worthy. The whole principle of the, the, the elements of God is you're going to reap what you sow. So now it's a righteous judgment because all they're doing is reaping what they sowed. What, what on earth are we so hungry for? It's really, a, it, it's really a bizarre thought. Either we don't believe that God is actually going to do what he said he's going to do, which it is hard to believe because, you know, there's probably a difference in the mentality of Americans and Israelis. Uh, just think about the dynamics of, of life on earth. So there's probably not... In Israel, you know, somebody that lives in Israel, there's probably not a single person that does not understand war and its effects, because bombs go off there all the, their, their whole existence. So I don't care if they're seven years old or 70 years old, they they know of people who have died, who have been part of a terrorist attack that a bomb went off and killed them, and they have a they have an understanding of what goes on with war. Most Americans don't know that because, like me, I've never been in the military. I've never been in war. I've read about it and say, oh, that's horrible, but it's always been across the ocean. Or even when, like, the attacks of 9-11, it was across the United States. New York's pretty far away. So it's hard to believe, to realize that these things can happen. Now, people say, well, why would a loving God allow these things to happen? A loving God tells you how to escape it which is what he's doing on several elements. His system is a system of seed, time, and harvest. We are going to reap what we sow. And if we live our lives unto ourselves, uh, in fact, book of Galatians, that uh, he which sows to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap life. And he that sows to the flesh, shall of the flesh reaps corruption. I mean, God's very open about the system. It's man that has goofed it up and said, well, because of grace, nothing's going to happen to you. He died for all, so all are saved. But then why would this book even be in the Bible if that was even true? All scripture is profitable. That's Genesis 1:1 to Revelations, what is it, 22:21, 21 something like that. Because it's all in sync and it's all God's plan. And sin came into the earth and now we have a choice whether we're going to choose sin or whether we're going to choose what God said. Now we can dumb down what God, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Even though he said, don't do this, it's okay. It's illegal. Everybody's doing it. But God said don't. Verse 8, the fourth vial. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat. Now pause here and go back to the third vial, that there was no water, it was only blood to drink. You're like in, a, you're getting sunburned. You're dehydrating. You, you, you want to be in a rapture. Really, the first one. And watch this. And blasphemed the name of God. So they know now they're at a place. Remember, I, th- I think in the beginning with the first rapture, they're, they're going to try to manipulate it, but things are going to start happening, and it's going to be obvious that God's doing things. And so now they know that God did this, and now they're blaspheming God. Why are you doing this to us? Which has power over these plagues. And they repented not to give glory to him. Now, stop and think about this. Is, is this stupid or what? You, you got a God that's releasing his anger. Well, God's love. Yes, he is love. But he gets angry. Well, no, he doesn't. Okay, let me remind you some Bible history. There was a thing called the flood. That didn't happen out of love. That happened out of anger. There was a conversation between God and Moses. I'm going to kill every single one of these people, and I'll raise up another people out of you. That wasn't done out of love. That was done at This is the wrath of God. This is the anger of God. And and if you just, now God is love, and it's a love that we can't, uh, you, you can't, you know, Ralph dealt with the four Uh, words of love, and you get into agape love, you can't verbalize the extent of that love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for us. I mean, he died for us uh, so that we can live in him. Uh, you, You don't want to forsake the love of God, but you got to understand there's things that anger him too. They would not give him glory. Man, at what point do you say, dude, I was wrong, forgive me. I don't want to go through this anymore. I don't know what's around the next corner. Oh, the fifth vial is around the corner. Verse 10. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. So, and his kingdom was full of darkness. So now, with the, the Antichrist, uh, a vial is being poured out upon his seat, the seat of the beast, which is the position of authority. And his kingdom was full of darkness and they nod their tongue for pain. How do you even wrap your mind around that? I'm going to chew on my tongue so it hurts, so it will distract me from what I'm going through. I heard somebody one time, I read the article about somebody I don't have tattoos, but I hear it's painful to get a tattoo. And this person had tattoos, and somebody was asking, why would you get tattoos? And their answer was, uh, because it's painful, but I can control the pain. Because the other pain that they were dealing with in your heart, I know it's not going to be true with everybody, but I thought it was an interesting story, is I want to be able to control my own pain. That's what this reminds me of. What I'm dealing with here, I can't deal with it, so I'm going to chew, I'm going to gnash on my tongue, gnaw my tongue for pain. And my other response to that, you know, I'm being the person chewing on my tongue. My other response to that is verse 11. And blasphemed the God of heaven because their pains and their sores and repented not for their deeds. You said, Ralph, didn't you say something along this line? On um, is either you or Andrew, but when you were saying it, because I know I was going to be reading the scripture, it's like I can't remember what you guys said. One of you guys said, but it went right along with this on not recognizing where we're at. I Man, what what is the state of your life when it's gotten so bad that you're chewing your tongue for pain? And you still won't repent. How, how, how do you even get to that place other than by deception? And this is what I talk a lot about on the deception of the world. I think when you guys talked about deception too. that the, uh, the deception of the world, we can't see it. And yet we still won't say, Lord, save me. You think this is going to be an easy time? It's going to be a horrible time. Some people will make it though. They repented not for their deeds. In the sixth vial... The angel poured out of his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And um, upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up. Why? That the way of the kings of the east. That's that 200 million man army that we were talking about. That the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw, well, before we get there, so now this river dries up so they can pass through this river. They're coming against the Antichrist, but they've got them being enemies. They've got a greater enemy, Jesus. So they turn and join forces, and this is where they come into, together at the Battle of Armageddon to fight against God, and where we read in chapter 19 about how God wipes them all out, and the blood flows to, you know, like four and a half feet up to the, the bridle of a horse, For some 180 something thousand square miles. What verse was I on? I lost my place. Thirteen. Okay. And I saw, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. Remember, the dragon was Satan. And out of the mouth of the beast, that's the man of sin. And out of the mouth of the false prophet, that's his prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. This is the battle of Armageddon again. So they go out. So, so demon, no, no. Um, I know what it was, playbook. If you look at this part is the playbook, that's what I was remembering that you were talking about. Wouldn't you think even the devil, who knows the Bible, would look at this and say, man, at that point, I'm not going to do that. But God is so in control, this thing is going to come out exactly as he planned, exactly as he put it together. <clears throat> the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold... Now, this is red letters. Uh, this is Jesus making an admonition going back into the Gospels of when he walked the days of the earth. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches. Can, can I put my translation on that? You don't want to miss the rapture. <laughs> Blessed is he that watches and keepeth his, gar- keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Uh, you could go back to in Revelation chapter 3 when it talked about the church of Laodicea and how they were. the same wording is there um, on there of walking not naked and, and your shame being shown. Um, Jesus now in the midst of all this refers back to and starts talking about blessed is the person that prepares themselves that doesn't have to walk through all this stuff. You don't want to miss the rapture. What is their here on this earth that is so valuable that you can't walk in the purity of the the word of God. We say nothing, but we don't do nothing. We, we, We schedule God in. If something comes up, you know, God says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, but we just think of it as going to church. And if it works for my schedule, it works. If it doesn't work for my schedule, it doesn't. Hoop-rah, hoop, raw, hoop raw. God loves me. The grace of God, it's fine. I'll catch it next time around. He talks about spots and wrinkles in our garment. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings. Now, this is going to tie back into... Revelations chapter six and Revelations chapter seven. If you remember, there was a great earthquake that we read about. This is the same one. And there was a great earthquake such as was not seen, which uh, such as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great. In another description, it says seven thousand people fell uh, dead in just in the city of Jerusalem. And the great city that would be Jerusalem was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon, that system, that governmental, economic, religious system came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath, and to every island fled away. Islands disappeared, and the mountains were not found. Mountains disappeared. This is a big earthquake. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, Every stone about the weight of a talent. I read up on some people that made like analysis and researches out there. They, they, it came up with, they, they said that the size of this, these hail balls were like 113 pounds. They're, they're like, that would like hurt if it hit you, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Watch this. This is all going on. This, this earthquake's going on. These hail stones are falling out of the sky. And what did they do? They blasphemed God because of the plague of the hell, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. We'll stop right there and pick up on 17 next time. And uh, uh, I don't know if I didn't mention it, you don't want to miss the rapture. It costs to be in the rapture, not, not money. It costs life. It's a, it's, a, it's a fundamental shift in life where God becomes first, and He's our Lord. That means, Lord means actually supreme in authority. That means he tells us what to do. That falls in line with my life is not my own. I was bought with a price. So well, what about me? What about what I want? Uh, Actually, God wants better for you than what you want. I'd give up what you want and go after what he wants for you. It's going to be a big deal. Uh, Bring a a mic up here to Simone. And uh, it's going to be a big deal. And, And those that miss it, especially those that miss it after the uh, 144,000 uh, ministry. Uh, you're going to walk through some great stuff. Go ahead. we talk about
1: uh, World War III, Where is that? when is it happening?
0: Well, I don't know that there's a World War III in the Bible that specifically mentions World War III. I've heard people talk about the something war of one of the old prophets. And um, so maybe that is a World War III Maybe it's not. I I, I really don't know the answer to that. Um, I think there's... In Matthew chapter 24, it says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. I think the rest of our existence here on earth, we're going to be hearing about wars. That's the Battle Battle of Armageddon. Because what's going to happen, that is within a one-hour period, and all this great army has come together, and they basically melt... And uh, it happens so fast that the earth can't absorb the um, uh, the blood that's there. That's why it's like four and a half feet and 180 square miles, whatever it is. And then, but God has a um, a bird surrounding that comes in and will clean it all up it also. And they're talking about different birds flying into Israel right now. And about that it has, to that has a, Put the microphone to your mouth, I can't hear you. Yeah, but that's a man's ideas. I mean, maybe we have nuclear weapons now. Uh, in that particular, I would say no. It's Jesus It says he speaks a word and they melt. And uh, so it's not going to be... Jesus doesn't need a nuclear bomb. Nuclear bombs are weak compared to the power of God.
1: Is it something that
0: would happen Put your microphone up to your mouth. Is
1: it something that would happen just before revelation?
0: No, this is at Armageddon. This is at the end of the tribulation period. But I'm sure that when you say they're saying, it's people on news, it's talking heads, and it's a multitude of preachers. And you get a multitude of different answers from people. So I don't know where they come from, what study. Now, I've said it several times on, I'm teaching what I believe on eschatologies, and there's other people that teaches other things, and I'm cool with that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with that, but there's a lot of people out there uh, that I know that people listen to that I would never listen to. Um, So if somebody is... um, um, they're giving all their opinions, and they're a in-time prophecy professional, you know, I'm the expert, I, I look at the Word of God, I don't, I don't care about your expert status, I want to know if you're preaching the Word of God, and if you're just coming up with all kinds of ideas, in fact, I, I like very much Hilton Sutton, but Hilton Sutton at one point talks about when the sky's open, and Jesus is seen, uh, he talks about, we're, we're going to be able to see that because of the space shuttle Hubble, or the Hubble, yeah, I don't agree with him on that, Jesus doesn't need a, a telescope for people to see him. When he shows up, you'll see him. And so so there's, there's a lot of things that... That's why I say this is David, this is my thinking, because I can't support it with the Bible, that it's going to happen. All right, hand that over to Mur- Muriel. Well,
1: I was just going to say that nuclear would take the blood away.
0: Oh, in the evaporation process? Yeah, very well could be. That's why, you know... Some of the things that John's seen, he probably saw equipment of this day. Because there's going to be military stuff. There's going to be wars and rumors. Of war. I'm not discounting that. I think the things of the, the day of the Lord, God does not need our equipment to do what he's going to do. He, he's on a, a sphere of his own that if God wanted everybody in the earth to see him right now, he could just pull the curtain back and, and everybody, whether you're in India or California or or Japan, everybody would see him at the exact same time, even though there's a globe, and you can't, because God's just that big. So, so I, that's where I start getting iffy that in order for God to do this, we could see how this would work now. Now, you can see how we're leading up to <clears throat> controlling commerce, controlling foods, uh, the AI thing of wanting people not to think what to do are they're, they're trying to modify the foods and tell you what you can eat and there's this plan to get rid of that we don't eat uh, meat you know because cows fart and it's messing up the atmosphere and we're gonna uh, you know we're gonna melt and we got to preserve our lifestyle sorry Tiff, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the tiff eye right now and uh, hey did you did you hear him Mine was not near an andrewism, OK? Let's all stand. <coughs> all right, any other questions? Yes, Karina's got one. Let's hear her. OK.
1: OK, how would you respond? So we were, somebody was sharing like about the study
0: about this study yeah
1: okay so and uh or and then i was talking to them too and then they said like oh yeah that's scary i don't i don't like it and i'm like well it's not scary if you're walking right with god like this is just informative so you know right Mm -hmm. they're like yeah but when you're not and i'm like yeah that's why you need to walk with god right how do you respond to that because the same thing he kept saying to me was like yeah but when you're not walking (coughs) with god it's scary i'm like i know so you need to get right with god
0: well, that's basically what it comes back to what I was saying. The only and there's a real struggle there. I'm not diminishing that or, or knocking people because we've all walked not worthy of God. Why do we do that? Because there's something here that we love. And, and people and, and don't get me wrong when I say there's something here that we love. Like it's a great thing. There's people who love their victimization. They love the tragedy they're walking through. Okay, so it's just, there's things here we don't want to let go of. There's things, I've witnessed it, 20, almost 28 years of full-time ministry. There's people that do not want to be free. They want to live in their grief. They want to live in their emotion. It makes them feel like they're a real human being. They want to be sick so they can get sympathy from other people. They want to be angry because it feels like it justifies them. They don't want to walk with God. That, that's a real thing to say, I will die to myself because I want what God has. It, it's a real struggle in there, but it's a very simple. It's not easy. It's very simple in its application of why would we not totally commit ourselves to Christ? Because there's something we don't want to give up. It's, it, it's simple. It's easily defined. We deceive ourselves. No, 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 I really want to. I just can't. This thing controls me. No, you... you Jesus died so you could be free from the control. You just don't want to get rid of it. There's something you like in it. For some people, I I know there's probably nobody in Visalia like this, but there's some people that just just blow up at things and have a temper tantrum and throw things. Do do you not get that it makes them feel significant because they're controlling the atmosphere of the room? There's a payoff. Oh, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Yes, you do. Because it's the area of your life that makes you feel significant. I'll stop. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Let us see, God, this is, this is very serious. Let us see, Lord, that this is very serious. God, and let us have the desire to get everything out of the way that would put even the slightest spot within our robes. I'm not saying that people aren't born again. I'm not saying that people don't want to serve you. But I think I am saying that we're not paying attention to how serious it is. And we need to walk rightly, walk worthy of you. And so, Lord, I pray as we dismiss here, give your angels charge over us. Keep us in protection all our ways, Lord Jesus. But let us have eyes of understanding, God, that we will pursue you. Don't allow our doctrinal beliefs that we have developed blind us from what you're saying and what your doctrine is, God. Let us always be open to correction rebu- rebuke rebuke. And you're leading in our hearts. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I call you blessed. I just wonder, it came up in my thought, based on the song we just sang.